Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I read Proverbs 31. You know, it seems like everybody whips out Proverbs 31 woman. You know, well, Proverbs 31 is all about a poem, uh, basically, that's been written, and it talks about the virtue of a woman. And I started thinking about something in this thing. A virtuous woman is a woman of strength. Um, she's made strong through wisdom and grace and her fear of the Lord. A woman of spirit who could basically take care of her own spirit and kind of has a way to navigate everybody else's spirit. She's powerful, man, right? She could keep it together. One of the spiritual attributes of a woman is this. She has a great ability to help, and she is a very much so a woman of resolution. They're problem solvers, they're carriers. And I started thinking about something about this series that we're stepping in today is this. I started thinking about, man, it seems like moms never get weary. She might get weary, but she don't tell you about it. You know what I'm saying? She can carry, I mean, I look back, I mean, she could just get it done, can't she? You know, I think back as being a, a kid, and watching my mom, you know, I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't know if she ever runs out of energy. You know, she was taking care of me, taking care of him, taking care of that, taking care of everything. Something about a mom, you know what I mean? And I look at some of the ladies in the church, like, you could, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I'm serious. You might think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. You know, Jesus had all the fellows with him, but when it really got hard pressed, all the guys disappeared and the ladies stood with him all the way to the end, amen? So don't, I'm, I'm staying close to the girls because the girls won't be, leave you alone. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is like, where's the guys? They're like, we left. They all left. Jesus, we're here. Mary was there. Martha was there. All the ladies will stay with you to the end. The guys are going to cut and run when the trouble shows up, amen? The ladies will stay to the end, right? They don't care about a fight. But one of the things I started thinking about is, man, she, she might get weary, but she has perseverance, Amen. Something about a strength of a woman, you know? I even think of, like, I looked at Pastor Liz. You know, you had kids running around and baby in one arm and kid running all over and doing life and doing ministry. And I'd be like, I don't know how they do it, but they get it done, don't they? And one of the things I started thinking about was this, is that I didn't see the weariness kick in. And there was something amazing that I really, really, really pulled out of that was this. You know, sometimes we get weary in life, just like moms get weary. But guess what? They don't show it, but sometimes what do we do when we get weary? Because life sometimes isn't easy to navigate, and we have to understand how do we kind of compartmentalize the weariness of life. Here's what I want to ask you today, or basically what I want to talk to you about, is don't get weary in the well-doing. That's what I want to talk about. You know, to me, it seems like this. I don't mind getting weary if I'm doing something wrong. Kind of almost like it seems like if I'm not in the right order of life, I could see me kind of going through it because I'm just doing what I want to do. But when I'm following the plan and it seems like I'm getting weary, boy, that sure gets tiring. You know what I mean? I could see if I was kind of like blatantly kind of like not following the plan or not really listening or maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of rebelling a little bit. I can understand if I got a little weary. But some of you are just doing life, and it seems like, man, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing, and it seems like I'm getting weary at doing the right things in life. You know, maybe you ask yourself this. I ask myself, we all have some kind of burden that we carry around from day to day. 
Maybe you got some stuff. Many, many people got financial burdens. Maybe people got stuff weighing them down. Others have maybe a physical burden, something in your body's weighing you down. Maybe there's something still, um, maybe there's dysfunction or something in relation. Maybe it's your kids, you know. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff like we have family dynamics. We have life dynamics. We got work dynamics. We got, you know, some of us have really been seeing like, man, it's, it's, it's a heavy season sometimes when you walk through the weariness of well-doing and I don't know how to emotionally handle it. Sometimes we get under enormous pressure because of other people and stress because of other people's decisions. Sometimes we just walk through life. Um, sometimes there's just regular burden. Sometimes there's things that just bother us. Sometimes it's just my mind. Sometimes it's basically weariness is simply a problem that we're all gonna face. The Bible says a lot about it, but here's the thing. No matter where weariness is coming from, we're going to have to learn how to kind of work through it because if we're not careful with weariness, you faint. You know, my scripture today is going to be really Galatians chapter 6. Just pop that up there. We're going to look at Matthew in a minute, but I want you to see what Jesus says in Galatians. He says this in verse 8. He said, he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit of the spirit life everlasting. But look at verse 9. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. Man, I'll tell you what. I started asking myself this. Well, the whole key is this. God said that you can what? He said you can basically receive what it is you believe in, but you can't faint before the finish line. That's the key. Don't faint. Don't faint. He said due season will come, but don't faint. Don't get weary in the well-doing, for in due season you will what? You're going to reap if there's conditional, if I don't faint. You know, I was saying something in the morning service. I didn't even think of this. I was, I was in a store not too long ago, and somebody I knew walked up, and they actually fainted. They really did right before my eyes. I was hanging out. I was like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Young, young guy. And I was hanging, and all of a sudden, boom. I was like, one minute you were here, and the next minute you were falling on the ground. I had to go catch you. I'm no exaggeration. I was like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? And all of a sudden, they, I said, you don't look good. All of a sudden, I'm thinking in my head. I didn't say it out loud. You don't tell people they don't look good. I said, you look a little, you look a little pale, bro. I was like, you know, I know we're in quarantine, but you need some sun, right? You know, just in the moment. And it was it's scary for a minute. And, of course, I knew, and thank God you could be there to help people. But I thought of this for a minute when I read that, and faint not. I could be in life for one minute, and then boom, something, a blow, a, a fear, a, a press, a push, a hit, something happens, and you're, you're, you're almost knocked down because fainting, fainting, it may not be fatal or final, but boy, I'll tell you what, in the middle of it, it's kind of scary. It's, it's, it's kind of scary because you don't know what's going on. And if you're not careful with weariness, you'll be getting weary and not realize, man, I'm starting to load up on weary. I might faint. You know the thing about faint? Nobody knows when they're going to faint. I'm not trying to be weird, but nobody knows. You think people walk around, well, today I'm going to faint about 3 o'clock. No, nobody don't know. They got stress and care going on, and they don't even realize you're loading up, and you can't take it no more. You know, I went to the doctor, you know, annual checkup kind of life stuff. You know, and he said, what do you do for a living? You know, and I said, well, this years ago. I said, I pastor a church. He goes, oh, you got, you got stress. 
you know, and I, 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 I basically rebuked his negative confession. You know, I'm like, you, I don't got no stress. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, no, you probably, no. And he wasn't being no word guy. He was just being normal. He's like, listen, he's like, just from dealing with stuff in life, you're going to have normal, natural stress. I'm not trying to put something on you today. Don't you think just living in the times we're living in, you haven't gotten more stress? Come on, guys. I went, to, I went yesterday out in the world to try to navigate I was stress-filled in the first eight minutes, and I was being patient. Are you kidding me? Have you tried this yet? I don't even want to tell you where I went, but I had one of them with me, and I said, well, we'll stop right here. We can go outside. You grab something. The lady in front of me was driving me up a wall. She had literally a hazmat suit on, a thing on. She didn't want to touch nothing. By the time she got done doing what her doing, 15 minutes later, I felt like hurting somebody. I don't know what to do. You stand on the line. You don't stand on the line. You could talk. You don't talk. You know, I got yelled at at the grocery store because now it's an air traffic control panel. I had no idea. <laughs> Sir, you're going down an aisle. You're not supposed to go down. I don't know. I, thought, I don't know what to do because is there directions? Is there instructions? It would be nice if somebody told me. I don't look down when I'm in the store. I'm hungry. I'm looking at food. I don't know there's lines on the floor. Then they look at you. Then people look at you. I went to the bacon section. Don't go there. It's dangerous. There's actual order of life now you have to live in. I had no idea. You can't take me out. I don't pay attention. I don't pay attention when I'm supposed to pay attention. I'm definitely not paying attention here. Stand here. The one guy stood here. He looked at me. I don't know. Do you talk? Don't talk. Got a mask. Don't do a mask. Want a mask. Got a suit. Don't have a suit. Got gloves. I don't know what's going on. I asked somebody yesterday. My wife was, I said, you want a cart? I touched the cart. Is the cart contaminated now? I don't have the, I feel like I got to take a test to walk outside my door. You're not weary. I'm tired. I didn't even get up. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Are we close enough? Are we far enough? Are, this, are we supposed to be even here? I don't even know. I don't know. Somebody tell me what's going on. I'm weary from the news. I'm weary from the everything. I'm, I'm just tired. Are you not tired? Well, they say, well, you've had a lot of time to get rest. Who can rest in this mess? There's no rest. This is like gonzo. I'm, I don't know. Tell me what to do. I tell my wife. I said, literally, just tell me what to do and how to do it, and I'll figure it out. Some of the guys know. Some of the guys are like, yes and amen. That's what I'm doing. We get weary when we're not careful. I want to talk to you about this. Jesus said this in Matthew 11:28. Look at this. You're going to love it. He said, if you're tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. I'll give it to you. Partner with me is what he's saying. It's kind of terminology like, hey, I got a plan for your life. Take my plan. It's better than the other plan. Put this thing on your shoulders and, and learn from me. I'm gentle and I'm humble. And you're going to find rest because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't get weary in well-doing. So I asked myself some questions. Man, I might get weary what is going to be some of the, now there's a million things that can make you weary. But what are some of the big reasons why I feel like I get weary? Here's number one. Just write this down. When the battle seems to go on longer than I expected it to, I get weary. This thing should have changed by now. When the battle goes on too long, that's when I seem to get weary. This, this marriage should, I'm talking to you guys, this marriage should have got better by now. That's the battle. Dude, come on. This kid, 50 years old, he should have straightened up by now. Come on. This promise should have came to pass by now. This battle, 
this fear, whatever I'm facing, whatever kind of things, this thing should be over by now. When I feel like a battle's been taking too long, I start getting weary into well-doing. Jesus said, don't get weary into well-doing. It'll happen, just don't faint. But it seems like when promises take too long to come to pass, I'm starting to get weary in that promise ever coming to pass. We got to be real and go, yeah, there's some times in life when it seems like the battle's going too long, I'm starting to get weary. So before we find out what we could do to overcome weariness, let's try to understand some of the reasons why we get weary. Man, this thing should be over by now. It should be better by now. We should be at another level of life by now. My career should be at another level by now. Come on, man. These are uh, battles. Does he mean like we're going to go fight in a ring? No, I'm talking about the battles of life, the battles in between your ears, the battle of the mind. Man, I should be thinking better things by now. I should, I should be, be battling this addiction for as long as I've been battling this addiction. Something, I'm getting weary. I'm getting weary. I'm getting weary at doing good. I've been doing good for so many years. Something should have changed by now. Don't you ever do that with the Lord? Lord, I went to church 52 weeks last year. I gave. I did this. I did that. Something should happen by now. Something should have shifted by now. Something should have changed by now. What do I do when I'm in the middle of the stuff not changing and I'm still doing good? Pressure. Pressure sometimes makes you almost want to just go do something goofy. Oh, you don't think about that? You ever think about Abraham? You ever think about Abraham and Sarah in a season of life? They got so tired of waiting on the promise. They said, just go do something. We're so tired of pressure. I don't care what we do. You know, some of you made bad decisions in life because of the pressure you were in, not because of just disobedience. I want something to happen so bad. She had a great idea. She said, just, just, just go make a baby with the handmaiden. Because that's a lot easier than staying in the pressure that we're living in. Who cares about the promise of God? I'm just so tired of the pressure. Make something happen. Sometimes people just make something happen because they're tired of being in the pressure of life. They just go make a decision because they're tired of being in the pressure of life. Make weird decisions. You ever make some crazy, don't raise your hand. You ever made some crazy decision like, you know what I mean? And you, it's like almost kind of, it's kind of not a good decision. And you make it anyway and you just, you just make, a, make a bad decision just because, well, I'm tired of being in the pressure. Just tired it is. So be careful in your choices. Number one, write that down. When the battle seems to go on longer than expected, we get weary. Look at Exodus 17, 12. It's a great story. Moses is in there. They're basically the children of Israel in a spot where they're fighting the Amalekites, and Moses gets a direction from God. He said, listen, Moses, here's the deal. Joshua is going to fight a battle in the ground against your enemies, but you got to keep your hands in the air while he's fighting. Amen? You got to keep your hands in the air. He said, if you'll take the rod and you'll keep your hands in the air, amen, you'll win. But the minute your hands start going down, you're going to start to lose in this battle. Look what it says right here. It says, but Moses' hands were heavy and grew weary. Amen. Sometimes when we're, sometimes when we're in the battle, sometimes when you're holding on to something, your hands become heavy. How many, when, when you're, when you're, when, come on, right? You're, it's kind of funny when you think about it. What was Moses' posture? When his hands went up, the power came down. When his hands went up, they were winning the battles of life. 
But the minute his hands started coming down, they started to lose. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think it's kind of like almost symbolic. As long as my hands are in the air, I'm going to win. But it's when my hands start to come down, I start to not see a way to win the victories over life. Keep your hands in the air. Look what it says right here. It says, so the other men took a stone and put it under him. That was Aaron and her. They lifted up his hands, one on one side and one on another. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. They got victory that day. Why? Because somebody came and held their hands. Amen? So one of the things I want you to know, what was this about? Moses' hands got weary in battle. And when his hands started coming down, his battle in the earth started to overcome him. If we can keep ourselves in a place of praise, if we can keep ourselves in a place of victory, we can win. But here's one of the things I want to ask you. Can you find some friends to hold up your hands? I started asking myself this question. You know, I said, man, that's what I, you know, I think a lot of times in life, that's what I want to be. I'm starting to, you know, the older you get, the smarter you get, I think. And you start understanding that sometimes people don't want answers. They just want somebody to hold up their hands. You know, guys are real mechanical. You know, I tell them myself, my wife comes to me, you know, and she tells me stuff. I'm like, all right, come on, come on. You know, it's kind of like almost like she's here, so I'm going to get in trouble for this one. But she wasn't here for 9 o'clock, but she can hear. But sometimes I'm like, all right, come on. You think like a guy. Come on, talk, talk. Yeah, okay. I'm going to tell you one, two, three, four. You can get out of this in eight minutes, but you, you, you want to go on, go. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now do this. One, two, three, four. She's looking at me like, you didn't hear anything I said. Because we're mechanical, and we're results-oriented. But I asked myself, what kind of friend do I want to be? Not just the spouse, but what kind of friend do I want to be? I want to be the friend you could come to and know, you know, how many of you all got that? You ever been there? You start asking somebody for help, and they start opening their mouth, and you're like, oh, my God, bad choice. I shouldn't have went to them. Because they're going to go on about, well, you know what you need to do, brother? You need to get your, no, no, I don't really... No, I don't really need that. You know, brother, praise the Lord. Did you be praying in tongues? I mean, I know I got to pray in tongues, but that's not the answer I'll need, right? You know what I mean? I want to be the guy that when you say, hey, PC, man, can, can I talk to you? I don't just show up to bring answers. Maybe it's my job just to keep your hands in the air a little longer. Why don't you be the spouse instead of trying to figure out the answers? Why don't you just hold somebody's hands up a little longer? That's the, kind of, that's the kind of friend I want to be. That's the kind of pastor I want to be. When, you, when you're going through some stuff, let me just come along and say, hey, you know what I'll do, Chris? Let me just hold your hand in the air a little longer. Because bottom line, I figured out something. I, I'm the, I'll, you, 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 me? He said, if you don't faint, you surely are going to reap. You're going to overcome. But weariness is You know what I like about that? It's kind of a loaded question from God, right? He said, weariness is coming. Nobody's exempt from the weariness. Nobody. He said this, he said, what, what, you remember what we said? He said, what, weariness is coming. Just make sure what, you build some what, ability to keep your hands in the air, because it ain't coming down. So what do I do? I started thinking myself, relationships are really important, right relationships. People that are just going to be, you know what, you want to call it whatever you want to call it, you know, I need somebody to help me keep my hands in the air. Number one, I think you need to look for those relationships, seek to build those relationships, and then be a person of that kind of relationship. That the next time you get engaging with someone, instead of saying, oh, let me give you the seven answers to this, maybe you just need me to hold up your hands. I don't know about you, but that's where I start getting weary. I think by something should have changed by now. 
I think in my own person, church should have grown by now. Something should have happened by now. Something should have here by now. I should be here by now. My career goal should be, we all got it. But here's the key. Guess what? Don't become overwhelmed by it because I might be weary, but I'm not going to get overwhelmed. That's important. Weariness is coming, but guess what? When you, somebody's got to keep your hands in the air, it might just be you finding the right person. Here's another one. Man, when stress is on top of the situation and it doesn't stop, I'm getting weary. When the stress of a situation doesn't stop, doesn't that seem like sometimes like, oh, my God, here we go. You know, y'all got one of them relatives like that. Here we go again. Or one, some of you might be the here you go again person, so you might, you can't, <laughs> here you are, oh, praise God, now what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that in a mean way, but ain't that the truth? Like, why, people just, doesn't it seem like some people just are a magnet for, to create strife? Amen? You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, now what? You're going to create stress or somebody else, how about this one? Don't you love this one? Somebody else's decisions have now created stress for your life. Ain't that a good one? You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, I mean, I got people in here. They, let me see, wait. No, they ain't in the surface. Good. You might be watching online, but hey, I can't be accountable if I don't know you're here. But like, oh, pastor, guess what I did? What did you do? Exactly what you told me not to do. Oh, praise God. Good job. Two thumbs up. Way to go, bro. Let's just keep doing this. This is great. We probably need six months of counseling. Then we'll get out of that. And then guess what happens? I did the same thing you told me not to do. Well, praise the Lord. You're just a grace tool. God is using you like a grace tool in my life. Praise the God. You understand what I'm saying? Stress-filled people, man, it's almost like they'll find it or they'll find you. Now you got to navigate through stress. Look at David. He said this in 1 Samuel 30. Remember we talked about Ziglag? I like this. Sometimes stressful situations are going to find you. David and the men with him lifted up their voices and wept till they had no more strength to weep. You ever get to the point where you feel like you got nothing left? Man, I ain't got another tear in me to cry, man. I'm pretty much tapped out. I'm done, right? Look, remember Ziglag? Look at verse 30, verse 6. David was greatly distressed. David wasn't in just, he, was, he wasn't just stressed out. He was greatly stressed out. Let's just use modern-day vernacular. David was stressed out to the point he was going to hurt somebody, okay? And he got to a place where he was pushed to a point he couldn't take it no more. Look what it says. For the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of all of them were bitterly grieved, each man of his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, remember this. Write this down. When you seem to be the most wearied in your life, you're probably closest to your greatest breakthrough of your life. Okay? This is important now. Because think of this. He said what? He said, don't grow weary in the well-doing. In due season, you're going to reap it if you don't faint. So when I feel like fainting the most, I'm probably the closest to due season. Look at your watch. What time is it? Due season, baby. Come on. It's due season. My time's coming, baby. Come on. You understand me? What time is it? What time you got on that watch? Due season. It's my time to reap. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you can't get in this thing. It's taking too long. It should have happened by now. My life. Come on. Due season. David got stressed out. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, let me tell you something about encouragement. I like this. Somebody say, well, did you read the word? I've read the word of God, and it didn't do nothing. I'm the realest preacher you ever met. I read the Bible, and it didn't do nothing. Okay, y'all y'all spiritual geniuses in here. Stop, hear what I'm saying. You ever read the Bible? Like, yeah, I know, that's God. But you're just like, that didn't do nothing for me. Or you ever pray? Man, I got out of times of prayer. I got out of times of praying in tongues, bold, loud tongues. 
Come out still jacked up as I was when I went in. You ain't been there? You ain't none of y'all lie. Y'all lie. You still liars. <laughs> I love all you, but y'all still liars. Quarantine didn't make you tell the truth. You hear what I just said? You ain't never been, leave church, you feel good. Oh, I felt so good in church. Ooh, I felt the goosebumps. You in the car, you halfway cussing out the parking lot. Look, I've been there, man. I know what I'm saying to you. It ain't always easy to get encouraged. Are you understanding this? Write, write this down. Look at your neighbor. You, you close enough to your neighbor. Unless you don't know him or something, don't touch him. Whatever you do, don't touch him. But just say, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say this. Say, neighbor, just don't faint. Hang on. You know, I used to have a preacher buddy who said this. He said, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and just hang on, man. You know what I mean? I'm at the end of my rope. You ever been there? You know, moms get like that with this quarantine. Schoolwork, help putting up with the husband. I'm at the end of my rope. Tie a knot and swing. Glory to God. Just hang on. Just hang. Just hang on. You know what I'm saying? Make it like one of those things where the kids go jumping in the lake. They hang on and woo, let go. You know what I'm saying? Get what I'm talking about here. You're all going to get stressed out, but here's the thing, Joss. Don't faint, because you might be close as you break it, because you know what happens right after Ziglag? David gets through Ziglag. I ain't coming all down there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right? And they told me where I can go. They said, you got to stay on the stage. And then they told me, you can't, I can't touch nobody. So if I don't touch it, it's, I'm on mandatory. And yes, I pay attention to the rules. So, so I got to, like, do this. Whatever. <laughs> wow. Just pray, just pray for me, all right? This, you got a minute, you got number time, so pray for your pastor, all right? God bless him, help him, Lord. What's on the other side of Ziglag is the greatest promise that David was called to be king. Because right on the other side of it, his crown was waiting for him. That was the promise God gave him. Let me tell you something about David. I really think David's a great study. Because he's got to be one of the most rejected men to ever walk the face of the earth. Father never believed in him. Probably gave him a complex because can you imagine everybody being invited but you? Can't find nobody. Finds, finds his life kind of lonely. Even when it starts getting good, maybe I'm going to be king seems like it's evaporated because I'm nowhere, I'm not a day closer to my destiny. My, my, my logistical position has not brought me one step closer to the destiny I was promised, but you still expect me to praise you. You have me serve an unjust Saul. The only thing I care about that I hear about Besides God is Jonathan, and David's in the worst season of his life. Everything he loved, everything he built, everything he had is destroyed. He fights another battle after another battle, and he finds out Jonathan's dead. Saul is dead. He's in a tough spot, and he finds the promise 14 years earlier that was given to him, waiting for him on the other side of the greatest place of maybe pain, weariness, tiredness, and obstacle. Guys, I don't think there's any red carpet to your destiny, but I promise you this, you might look like you're on a broken road, stay on it, just don't faint, because on the other side of this is every promise God ever gave you. 
It was on the other side of his greatest opposition that he found his greatest promise from God to be the king over all of Israel. But he had to walk through the weariness and the tough season to get there. Don't get weary in well-doing. Two seasons waiting for you. Don't forget it. I get weary, you get weary. Here's a big one too. But I'm doing the right thing. Man, just write that down. I'm doing the right pastor, man. I can get it. You know, I'm obeying God the best way I know how. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing all this life stuff. I'm, I'm praying. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm studying. I'm, stay, I'm staying holy. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping myself straight. I'm not, you know, and I know, come on, let's be real. I'm not partying. Uh, when I was partying, it was easier, God. You know what I mean? It's like you got that kind of stuff going. Man, serving the devil, you were easy because you were on his side. It's when you step... Somebody say, well, you know what? I don't know about being in the will of God. Being in the will of God is harder than being outside of the will of God sometimes. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, Brother Chris, I'm on the will. I'm in the will of God. Praise God. No, 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 no. Being in the will of God is harder, right? Come on, sometimes it's stressed out and you press it and you push it. And sometimes you can't see where you're going. You feel like, is it even all worth it? It is. It is. Because it's paper mache. All that nonsense you think you're missing. You ain't missing nothing. You know you're gaining. But here's the thing. I'm doing the right thing. Look what the message says about Galatians 6 and 9. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued going good. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, don't get fatigued doing good. You hear what I said? But I'm doing good. Why in the world am I going through all this hell? I'm doing good. Well, I got to go, oh, my God. Y'all lying. Don't lie. You know it's true. I'm over here going to church and giving and praying. I went to the marriage seminar. Praise be to God. I went to the other seminar. I had a faith seminar. They had life seminar. They got more seminars in that church. I went to every seminar they got. And ain't nothing looking. Blah, 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 blah. I'm doing good. When's something going to change? I'm doing good. Just keep doing good. Say, so hang on. Don't go nowhere. Just don't faint. That's what he's telling you. I'm doing the right thing. At the right time, we'll harvest a good crop if we don't quit. The Living Bible said this, let us not get tired of doing good. What is right for after a while, you'll reap. But I'm doing the good thing, the right thing. The Bible said what? If things don't happen right away or when you think they should, that doesn't mean you quit. I'm going to say it again for you people who ain't paying attention. Listen to me. If things don't happen right away or when you think they should, that doesn't mean you get to quit. That's where you build some resistance. You need to be diligent and you need to have endurance and you just got to keep on keeping on. You say, well, will you show me an example of that? Well, thank God you asked. Jesus did the right thing even when all the wrong things were happening. Come on, somebody. Look at Hebrews 12 and 3. Jesus did everything right. He getting, man, they're beating him and all this stuff he's going through and he's walking through the pain and he's walking through this and he didn't do nothing wrong. It says he sinned not. He didn't deserve it, but he walked through it. Look what it says right there. Just consider who? Just think of him who endured for what? From sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility. Did you get that? That's what Jesus went through. What? He got what? He endured from sinners, grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Did you like, did you see that? What do you mean, who did? Jesus. What do you think you're going to get? You're going to go through some stuff. What? Reckon upon, consider all comparison with your trials so that you may not grow weary. 
or exhausted, losing heart, and relaxing and fainting in your mind. Don't faint. Everybody say, don't faint. Don't let the circumstances make you faint. Don't let the situations make you faint. Here's another thing to do. Your soul might be getting weary. Write that down. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Say you faint in your mind. Don't let your mind. Renew your mind. Don't let your mind faint. You understand that? Don't let, well, I, I don't think this is work. You know, I'm putting all this work in. It doesn't seem like, no. hush your mouth. Joseph sat in a prison. You better listen to me. Let me tell you something right here now. This is where, this is where quit comes in. Joseph gets a promise from God. He's sitting in a prison, and 20 minutes before, he's the second most powerful man in the whole earth. That joker don't know it. Joseph is sitting in the midst of a mess, and eight minutes before, he's the second most powerful man in the world. He could have just quit and stood in the prison. Listen to me. You don't know when due season is, but I promise you this. If God promised it, he'll make sure heaven and earth comes to pass to make it come to pass. If God promised it, and I know what some of you are thinking, I'm going to do a series on the dream. I'm going to think about it starting next week. Well, how do I know God gave it to me? Because, look, if you're still showing up for it, God gave it to you. Come on, we'll talk about it. But you understand this? How do I know this? Well, you got to keep, you got to keep keeping on when it doesn't look like keeping on is making sense. That's the difference. Because he said what? He said, don't get weary. You're going to have an opposite. He didn't say maybe you might get weary. He said, don't get weary. Because it's coming. Watch this. You want to know what's something funny about this? Look what it says in Jeremiah 31, 25. He said, I will fully satisfy the weary soul. My God, ain't that good news? He said, if you're getting weary in your mind, he said, I'll satisfy you. If you're getting weary in your emotions, I'll satisfy you. He said, if something's going on, I'll satisfy you. Look at this. You want to know why he said that? I love this. Look at this. This is so good. He said that he'll take care of this. This is so good. There's a big if in this thing. It even happens in Philippians chapter 4. But I, I, I said, if you do this, you'll experience God's peace. If you do this, you'll faint not. If you do. There's a lot of conditions in the Bible. The part I got to do. What's my part? This one's easy. Just don't faint. He said, you might get weary. Just don't faint. You know what faint means? Just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just keep showing up. Sometimes in life, the hardest thing to do is show up for something you can't see with your eyes. How do I show up? How do I, you know, I always think of people, and, and I, I, it was funny. We used to go to Cleveland. We used to go see Brother Norval every year. Every year I go twice a year, go to Cleveland. And I, I'm not a big Olympics, you know, I didn't know much about the Olympics. But one day I get over there in Cleveland, Tennessee, as the, you know, you know, you, you guys know better than me. You got the Olympic Training Center. One time I drove, I drove up and I drove to like South Carolina or something like that. And I ride by and you can see it. It's the Olympic Training Center for the whitewater rafting. I don't know what they did. Maybe they, had, they used to train there for whitewater rafting. And I started thinking about it, and it was like this spot. It had a big sign, Olympic Training Facility for Whitewater Rafting, because the rapids there are pretty intense. So they would actually go there and train. And I'm watching this, right? And you see these people doing that stuff. It was a Koei or whatever that thing was. You know, you see all that thing. Carter used to do it in all them crazies. Put the helmet on, and they go whipping down this thing. They, they're like, oh, Pastor Chris, you want to do it? I was like, no, I don't want to do that. There's nothing to do with that. I don't need to go fly out a boat and bang my head. I got enough problems going on here, right? So I was like, what was it about? You know, he's crazy. He wants to take you in there. No, forget it. But they were good at it, and they did. And I'm watching these people at these white water rafting thing, this facility, and he's like, oh, no. And I asked somebody, I said, what's the story with that? They're like, oh, the Olympic people train there. So you're seeing people train for something. When is the next time they going to do this? Well, they ain't doing it next week. And they ain't doing it next year. So they're training for this thing maybe four to eight years away. These jokers got to get up every day and go whatever, how many times, and go up and down this river 
and they ain't got no no game or they ain't no now come back in four years and come back in four years and do what? Give it a go. You gotta practice every day for one shot four years from now. Yeah, you gotta be able to see. See, the greats can see it even when nobody else can see it. I ain't train, I ain't training, I ain't training for today, baby. I'm training for what's coming tomorrow. So when tomorrow shows up, I'm going to be ready because I'm not going to get weary into doing the right thing today. For eight years from now when I'm in the Olympics, I'm going to be able to do the flips. You know that little Gabby Douglas girl? Remember her? Remember her? The little girl, the little Olympic girl? Man, she's something else. She's flipping and doing all that. Man, I watched her on that 2020 thing. She's like, I've been training for this for a little, little girl. Come on, guy. Tiger Woods. You get Tiger Woods. He's like, I was hitting a million golf balls back then. I was a little kid. Come on. Are you here? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Well, you, don't get weary in the well doing. Don't, my golf game's getting weary, bro. <laughs> Listen, don't get weary in the well doing. Are you pulling this in? Well, I don't see it. Nobody saw it. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep saying the right thing when it doesn't look like nothing's changing in your confession. Got to keep believing the right thing when it doesn't look like believing the right thing's working. I'm believing the right thing over them kids, but it don't look like... You got to keep believing the right thing over that marriage. You got to keep saying the right thing over that situation. You got to keep believing that same thing over your body. Got to keep saying the same thing over that situation. Got to say what the Bible says even when it's not covered. I'm getting weary in doing it, Pastor. Just don't faint. Just don't faint. If you got to say something, say what God said or don't say nothing at all. Don't you faint. Because you'll reap in due season as long as you don't faint. What you going to say? Praise the Lord. It's going to work out. It don't look like it's working. It looks like it's getting worse. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, it didn't get better. It got worse. But guess what? She didn't care. She still pushed through the crowd. Come on, somebody. You got to push through this thing. Don't let this thing get you. Listen to this. Hey, check this out. You're going to love this, right? How in the world do I turn this around then? Well, I'm going to give you two things. Number one, you got to talk yourself into victory. There's a million things, but let's just talk ourselves into victory. You ready for that one? Talk yourself into victory. Talk yourself into victory. That's how you, now some of you know how what makes you strong. Maybe you got to put some worship on. Remember what I told you? As long as you keep your hands in the air, you'll start winning the battle in the earth. As long as you keep your hands in the air, you're going to win the battle in the earth. You got to keep your hands, what keeps your hands in the air? When that latest CD put my hands in the air. Leave that CD on, baby. Put that thing on repeat. Don't stop praising them. You know what I'm saying? So I said, man, I listened to a message. Woo, I got blessed. Put that, don't play, put that thing on the auto. Leave it on the shop. Just play it all day long. Say, so if it's keeping my hands in the air, it's keeping my victory in the earth. If it's keeping my hand, I don't know what it is for you. Someone say, ooh, they got a brand new CD. Elevation just came out with a new CD. I heard a couple of songs. Some of them go, put your hands. If it gets, listen to me. If it keeps your hands in the air, you keep it in your ear. If it keeps your hands in the air, you keep it in your eye. Whatever keeps your hands in the air, you keep it on. You want to see what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. No, no, whatever's keeping my hands in the air, you stay around that because you can't get weary and well-doing because it's coming. Whatever you got to do. So here's number one thing, right? Talk yourself into victory. Look at Isaiah 50, verse 4. Amplified, it says this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a what? 
a disciple, and of one who is taught that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And what? He wakens me morning by morning. He wakens me my ear to hear a disciple as one who is taught. What's that mean? That means, number one, words are going to help me what? Not be weary. The words I speak and the words I here, amen. You got to talk yourself into victory. Stop talking defeat. I was telling the kids on the car ride, I said, you know, James said this, where your tongue goes, your body goes. It's a law. Ain't no kidding in the kingdom. You can't talk lack. The Bible says, like a horse, remember we learned this one. He said, the bridle in the horse's mouth. He said, you turn him and you steer the thing and the horse goes where you want to go. Y'all heard my horse story when I went horseback riding. Yeah, I kicked it and made the thing crazy and it went galloping and I freaked out. Yeah, I, 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 I thought it was, I was in Oklahoma, I was in Bible school, and I get on a horse, and I thought it was going to be fun. It was totally boring. Yeah, because the one, they follow one another. They're trail horses. All my horse people know what I'm talking about, right? So I get on this thing, and this guy was a real, real, he's from like Wyoming, and he was like a rancher, and they had like acres, man. I never told you this story. I told you in the church. Yeah, I did. You're going to hear a repeat. So, because it's funny. Right, so I get in this thing, and I'm like, man, we're going to like the ranch. And I ain't got no boots or no hat. I ain't no cowboy. I don't know nothing about it. Oh, they asked me, what do you know about horses? I said, I know how to bet them. Not now. I was reformed by now. I was like, I went to the racetrack and bet horses. I don't know nothing about no horse. Oh, you're going to love it. You get on the horse, and you do that. I get on this horse. It's like a ranch. They had all these animals. I get on this horse. I get on the thing, and I'm like, and it follows the other one. Boring. I was like, this is all this thing's going to do? So I was like, man, I watched Lone Ranger, bro. I could get this thing to do. Right, there's got to be more in this thing. So I started kicking it, yanking it. They didn't know I was doing it neither because he was in the front. Billy, I don't know what I did. I got it mad. It, got, it took off. <laughs> Boom, this thing went. I was like, whoa, whoa, bro, whoa. I started nervous, bro. When you start coming up out that seat, you know you got trouble, bro. This ain't no car. I was like, where's the brakes on this thing? So I finally like got it down. I was like, whoa, okay, that's enough of that. I don't need no more of that. What did I learn? I'm, I'm a complete moron when it comes to horses. You understand this? But that bit, that bit got that horse to override a law. It was trained. What was that? You just follow. Not with this guy on my back. This joker thinks he's Lone Ranger. He's, he's kicking me and pulling me, and I, I did not abuse the horse. So all you peated people, calm down. I just, I just wanted to get some action out of it, and it, it got all. It went. It took, I got action, all right? Action I didn't want. I was like, stop this thing, dude. That was enough. The rest of the ride was cool, Chris. I was cool with it. You just do that thing. I don't want no more of this, but let me show you something. The horse was trained to follow a law, right? I took another law and overrode it. See it? What was that? I took that bit and got him to break what he was used to. Jesus used it. He said a rudder in a ship. You were going on a cruise or you're going to watch that, you ever watch that Deadliest Catch show? Then they all them that little rudder on that thing and the massive waves keeping those guys or what? Come on, Navy. Air Force. I know where you're going. Hey, what's going on? See what I'm saying? He said, your tongue does that to your body, steers you. It's a law. You can't be talking to, well, I'm just kidding. There ain't no kidding in the kingdom. Don't say nothing. Hush your mouth. Don't say you can't do it. You can't this. You can't that. I'm not this. I'm not that. Don't you, you ain't allowed to say that. You don't open your mouth. It's a law. Your body goes, oh, okay, we can't, then we won't. It's a law. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not being hard on you. You know what I'm saying? It's a law. So don't think, well, I didn't know it. Well, guess what? The enemy knows it. Don't you speak it. Just say praise be to God. Don't get weary in your mouth. Talk to right this. Here, let the weak. Look at Isaiah 40, 28. Look at this. And then I got one more thing. I'm going to let you go. Look at this. Let the weak say they're what? Strong. Come on, man. Speak strong. Speak confident. Speak bold. Speak faith-filled word. Look, I love this in the Amplified. You're going to love this. Isaiah 40, 28. You like all these scriptures I give you? And he's good. You take him home. You meditate in him. You, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? He don't grow faint. He don't grow weary. There's no searching for, of his understanding. He gives power. Oh, my God in heaven. Did he just say he gives power to who? The faint and the weary. And to him who has what? No might. He increased strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. You like that? Even his youth, what? Even youth. Now I said this, this is where he's, King James says, these, just read it. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall. Now you see what he's saying there? He's saying, even young people, they ain't fainting because it's, well, let me explain it. Just because you're young doesn't mean you're going to be strong, is what he's saying. Just because you're not feeble, this ain't about being feeble. This is about being faithful. He's saying young people that ain't connected right will even stumble. Because this ain't about physical strength. It's about spiritual strength. Sometimes you just need spiritual strength to get through. Come on, somebody. You ready for this? But those who wait for the Lord, who expect and look for and hope in, shall change and renew their strength and power. How many need to energize that power? Come on. They shall lift their wings up and mount close to God as eagles mount in the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint or become tired. You're going to override the tired with the word of the Lord in your mouth. You're going to override the tired and the weak and the feeble. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to tell you what. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to stop saying what I'm supposed to say. I'm not going to stop doing to do i'm gonna say what do you man i love it or rogers they say, what would you do he said, i don't care if they die if they die i'm gonna keep doing what to do all oh, these great guys knew i ain't gonna stop dr Cirilla, what do you he said i'm gonna preach the god until i can't see the earth no more what do you do what if it don't out the way you thought who cares i'm gonna still preach what it said in the bible you don't stop you don't faint you don't get weary you don't quit you don't cave in you don't turn and run you don't do nothing but in there and watch the Lord move on your behalf. Don't you be them guys that run away. This ain't no battle you run away from. Stand there and watch the strength of the Lord rise up in you. You ain't going to faint. You're going to overcome. Here's what I'm leaving you with. You guys can play. You can come on, baby. Listen, I'm going to give you a story. Man, this is so good. Don't let a moment of weariness. This you got to build yourself. This is what I felt, and I could be wrong. I don't know what encourages you. I don't know what strengthens you. Maybe some of you just need to rest. I'm going to tell you what, you ever just go to sleep and sometimes wake up the next day and you you brand new person? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need that. You got to, I cannot be the monitor to just go up there and take a half a day. You know what, man? I'm just going to take the rest of the day. I just got to go clear my head. I don't know what you need. Maybe just go sit in a room and worship on it. I don't know what does it for you. But you got to stop being weary if you go, you know, you don't take no journey and just get prepared for it. What do you need? You got some. Oh, I need. I'm getting a little. I need to. I'm gonna keep you up. 
to wear myself. Right? I don't just put some preaching on. I don't know what you need, but look at this. Man, this one got me. This one really got me. I want you to look at something, and you, it's Numbers 20, 10, 11, and 12, and 13. I did this to the morning, guys, but I want to give it to you, and we're all going to get together. Look at this. And I'm explaining to you. And he and Aaron, Moses and Aaron rounded up the whole congregation in the front of the rock, and Moses spoke and said, listen, rebel, do we have to bring water or the with that, Moses raised his arm and slammed his staff against the rock. The guy whose hands were in with a staff, it was helping him. When walking with the children of Israel, and y'all know the story, he took the rock and he struck it. Water poured out, and the cattle drank. Drank. Lead this company into the land that I'm giving them. These were the waters of Meribah, bickering, where the people of Israel bickered God. And he revealed what's holy. I don't know if you all know the story, but Moses got so people disobeyed God. And he took us that God had told him once before. How am I going to go in the middle of these guys and provide? He said, I'm going to have a rock follow you. And this rock will pour out water. And all you got to do is take your staff and hit it. And water came out of a rock. It was a miracle of God's strength and provision. But Moses got frustrated with the people and smacked the rock in disobedience, and it cost him his destiny. Moses got weary because sometimes in life you're going to get weary in your assignment. Moses had one job, deliver Israel. One time it cost him 40 years. Came out too early. Killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Hebrew showed up the next day and said, you're going to do the same thing to me. And he wandered around the desert for 40 years with people that were rebellious. Your assignment in life is going to make you weary. Your calling in life is going to make you weary. But here's the greatest disappointment of weary. Don't let weary make you do something God never told you to do. That's when it becomes dangerous. Get some sleep, take a break, go on vacation, take a day trip. I don't know. But don't get so weary that you disobey God. He said, Moses, you know what? You took my ability and you did what I didn't tell you to do with it. Because, and I think about something, I really think about it. These people drove them to a weary. Because they were bickering and complaining and mocking and crying. He just a moment. Like, God, look at me and I'm done. And you better pay attention to me. You could spend your whole life in ministry in the right And one bad moment. So I don't want to get there. So let's work on the weariness here. This guy don't enter in the promised land because he got too weary in the season of life he was in. You might be weary, it's okay. Let's work on weary. Working on weary is okay. He said this, look at Galatians. What is this? Don't grow weary in the well doing. Let us not be weary in the well doing due season we'll reap as long as we don't faint think about Moses I think of him often the people the life pressure the ministry pressure the human pressure the marriage pressure oh I don't know what you're talking the marriage pressure the financial pressure the family pressure the job pressure the work pressure the pressure the that pressure pressure the weariness 
make it push you to a place where you disobey God. God said, you smacked a rock too many times, kid. And the moment is going to cost you your destiny. Because everything is going to make you weary. You just got to make sure in your weary, you faint. Pray for you. We all get weary. Just don't let weary I'd be sitting if we say we don't. Anybody would be. You know what? Sometimes just change it up. Whatever you got to do to change it up so you don't want, get so weary, you feel like fainting. God will give you the strength, but you got to make sure you find the place that you need to bring change to situations. Father, we just thank you right now, each and every person at the sound of voice. We may grow weary, but we're not going to faint. We may grow weary in the well doing, but we're not, we're not going to miss the destiny. I pray for each and every person listening to God. Strengthen them supernaturally. Strengthen them in every area of life. Let them walk in the joy of the Lord, for it is their strength. Bless them and keep them over them. And be strengthened for the journey. Weariness has to fade away. And strength has to rise. They weep. Let them see due season. And let them walk. In the name we pray. And just if you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment, Amen. because maybe you're weary this morning. Maybe some of you are weary. You haven't taken that first step to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You're not looking like he is the Lord of your life right now. But it's okay because maybe you say that's me this morning and I want to make a decision to make yes. Jesus the Lord of my life. Head bowed and every just lift your hand home and you're watching. Hallelujah. Lift your hand right there this morning. Thank you. Jesus. I want Jesus to be the Lord of Thank my life. Jesus. today and i want each one of us Hallelujah. to pray together if you just repeat after say dear jesus dear jesus i don't want to be weary anymore i don't want to be weary anymore i want to ask you right now, you right now. to come into my heart come in. and to come into my life my i believe in i believe in my heart and i can mouth and i confess my mouth that you are the son of god that you are the son of god forgive me of my sins me clean and from this, and from this forward, I make you my Lord. I make you my Lord. And I make you my Savior. And I make you my In Jesus' name, I pray. Jesus amen pray. and amen. amen. Just amen. Contact us and we want to give you information Praise what Lord. you just did. But we're so grateful yes. that we've got to celebrate with you today. And I'm going to dismiss a little different this morning. Yeah. But before gonna, she gives you the dismiss, you know this was coming. I just want, I just want all the moms, all the ladies. Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. We love you. We appreciate you. And we appreciate your faithfulness, guys. And I want you to know, we, if you are connected to relevant, visit every day, somebody, somebody pray. Like, you know that? You know, I'm going to tell you something. And this is going to take a minute. I Beginning of the year, some of them will tell you, the end of last year, I was like, everybody on this leadership, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but some of you do. I said, everybody in this leadership needs to be in a prayer group for the end of the year. And you know what I'm talking about? Looking at They were like, oh, man, Pastor, serious. It's prayer day. Keith, there. You, you, I, he's like, uh, didn't, they, they wanted to pray. But I was adamant about praying and having a prayer connectivity. This church without prayer. No kingdom of God without guys took it upon now that's your faithful you understand this that's your faithful intercede they got a call 
and they they ain't praying they, they they'll give you the book of what they pray they're praying for you pray for relevant pray for the members pray for the partners pray for their family pray for their kids they ain't playing they're praying this ain't no man be paying me lay me down to sleep at night prayer this is about you then they pray in the holy ghost i said well i don't even know nothing about those well they know about the holy ghost and they're praying in the holy ghost over you what you need but god does let me tell you that I am so thankful to their faithfulness to cover this Man, I'm telling you what, you guys are in great company. And you guys keep continuing to stay in prayer. And you watch, we're going to pray right through this stuff. We're not going to be affected by this stuff. You understand me? I pray that, that God, is, God is good and it's God. And so that's what I want you to be encouraged today. I've been worried, but trust you ain't by yourself in this thing. You might say, well, I was alone. You weren't all alone. You might not have seen nobody or heard nobody, but somebody was praying for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.